Conversations with Cordates. Welcome back to another episode of Convos with Cordates. You're here with your very wonderful hosts, Sammy and Anastasia. Hello. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what we've been doing a bit recently. Something a bit more fun, something I think both of us have been sort of into, but not... Dabbled. Yeah, not like (laughs) super, super deep into. And so we have had to call upon a very dear person in my life who has... Lots oh, more experience. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not you. Sorry. No! <laughs> um, who's got a lot more experience with this than we do. Um, this is our very good friend, Josh. Hello, everyone. And Josh is not only a gamer, he's oh, also a gamer. streamer. And so we thought it would be really good to talk to you about your experience with gaming and streaming and just, I think, like internet culture in general. Mm-hmm. Um mm. So yeah, why don't we start with what's your favorite childhood game? Ooh, good question. It's definitely a very good question to start with. So I think going through sort of playing games, like growing up, it's very easy to sort of shift through them. Like the one that I can Mm -hmm. think of the most, like when I was youngest, getting like excited was by far Lego Star Wars. As a kid who was like, (laughs) as a kid being like obsessed with Lego to begin with and also enjoying Star Wars. And it's like one of those moments where it's like, oh my God. There is a lord upstairs. He heard my prayer. They've made a game combining the both of them, like that sort of thing. Was it to like, did you play it alone or did you play it with friends? Oh, a bit of both. Yeah. Like it was one of those things where I, you know, I'm fairly young, all things considered, 23, mm. but that meant that I was sort of on the verge of like, I got to experience both worlds of like online gaming with friends and then also still having to invite your friends over after school to like sit next to you on the couch and play. Yeah. Yeah. So was this, this was on a console? Yes. Which console? That would have been a PlayStation 2. So I was a, I was a PlayStation diehard for most of my life. I funnily Mm. enough got introduced to gaming when I was one. Like my mom, my mom had a PlayStation, like the original PlayStation Mm -hmm. and to just keep me occupied, basically like an iPad kid today. She was just like, gave me the controller (laughs) and I just like bumbled around in the game and thought (laughs) I was the chosen one. Love Lego Star Wars. I, I played that so much and I would piss myself laughing because I'm a shit disturber. I'm sorry, I'm a shit disturber. And so what I would do was like, I would accidentally, and I am using air quotes here, I would accidentally like kill my friends and then just collect their coins. (laughs) But I I would just collect all the coins. Absolutely. Like it's, it's that sort of like, good introduction then like the step up for me like when i started to get a bit older there was a game that came out called destroy all humans never heard of it it's a relatively like niche i'd say it's like not super popular but still like fairly up there Hmm. but again in like the golden age of when you're younger and you're just like buying games there was no youtube so you didn't get to like look up what a game was you didn't get to see what a game was before you bought it mm-hmm. so i would just go into a game store and be like mom that one looks sick i want that thanks mm-hmm, yeah. it's like if i had been a good little boy yeah then i'd be blessed with another game and this game was basically like grand theft auto but like a bit more cartoony like looking back my mom should not have got that for me at 10 years old <laughs> it's just like nothing but like sex jokes or the time like (laughs) you're basically playing as like an alien that's invading earth but in the 60s so he's all about free love and (laughs) like like hilarious in the context of like me being 10 years old yeah um 
but yeah, that was definitely like the next step up. Cause I'd say that's the first time I started playing a game. It was like more adult and like starting to enjoy it a little bit more seriously mm, and like actually yeah. finishing a game. Oh my God. Like I remember mm. as a kid, you like never finished the game we were playing. So really? Diff- yeah. Genuinely. Like, Oh, I'm, I cannot agree finished. more. I'm a completionist. So not only do I complete the game, I make sure it's at like a hundred percent achievement. I go through and I collect all the little trinkets and I, I do everything. I, I, I love that part of the game. See, I'm like that now, but I think I relate more to you. Like as a child, like my, my attention span was not that long. Yeah. So, so what were your favorite games as a child? <laughs> so um, I was very much like a Nintendo kid. So we had like the Pokemon on like Game Boys and um, and also a PC kid. So mm. um, like the earliest rem- memory that I have of video games is like I like tiny little child. I don't know if anyone knows what this is but it was like a p- computer like cd disc game called pajama sam and it was literally oh. just like fi- like finding things and exploring and trying to at the end and like talking to people and f- like f- solving little not, not like puzzles but just like i don't know it was just very like engaging for my very memory inspired brain when i was a child mm-hmm. where i would just like remember oh i have to go back to that thing because that's where that was and um so yeah that was like very earliest childhood gaming but in terms of like actually getting into games it was definitely pokemon like pokemon gold i think was one of the first ones that we had um and then uh also uh playing a lot of cooperative games with my older brother so we would play like super smash brothers capcom things like that and um yeah also i think we also talked a lot about like being Zelda kids as well. You and I? Was that? No, I wasn't a Zelda person. Oh, who did I talk yeah. to about that? Oh, well, I, I was a Zelda know. kid. It definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't have been me. I was like, all things considered, rather sheltered in terms of like, again, because you don't have internet access. So like when it comes to like your circle of knowledge about games, it's basically what the people around you have and that's about it. Yeah. So like all of my friends just had like PlayStations and stuff. So like, for example, I had no idea and I'm talking until like, two years ago that the GameCube was the generation of the PS2. Oh, yeah, I I was a GameCube and I was not a PS2 person. Like, it it blows my mind now because I'm, like, looking back and I'm going out of my way to play games that I missed out on that are, like, GameCube classics and things like that. And, Mm. like, this is so bizarre to think that, like, they were comparable, like, they were the the competitors at that point in time. Like, I wasn't really a Nintendo kid until I got a DS, which, oh, my God. Yes. Hmm. What a blessed invention. Yeah. yeah, I was definitely a I was a PC kid. We didn't really have like the PlayStation, the Ataris, nothing. And I was a 90s person. And I very much agree with you, Sammy. I used to play a lot of like puzzle and especially math games. Mm. Um, I, I can't remember what that it was. That might just be immigrant household thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I, I love, there was this one particular game where you you play as a little man in a submarine and you basically go through all of these different levels. It's kind of like a platformer, but because it's in water, would you still call it a platformer? I yeah. guess so, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, it would be like platformer, like maybe like pointing click or a puzzle game no no but... like you'd use the arrow keys oh so yeah. yeah i'd say platformer still. okay um and then yeah like you would have to solve all the all of these math problems and i love that and then there was a second math game that i loved where it was um like 
you were an elf and you were collecting presents and you'd have to go through the whole mountain solving all of these math problems and then it would take you all the way down the mountain and then you'd have to do it all over again but the math problems would get more difficult mm. but one of my favorite games to watch and this is why I like watching oh yeah people I, play I games people play is games. I, I love to watch my dad play Tomb Raider and to this day they're mm. my favorite games and I'm such an adventure and platformer person like mm. I still I'm replaying all of the Uncharted series because I never got to play them I replayed all of like the old school Tomb Raider because to me it was nostalgic mm. but even like then like replaying those Tomb Raider games they're fun and don't get me wrong they're really really fun but goddamn, do I prefer watching people play those games well like the other thing is like a lot of especially like Tomb Raider and like that original era of games like they were so far from user friendly like really? at least compared to like the games that we have now like the liberties that we have with like controllers and how things have changed mm. that's true it's so much easier but like moving around in a 3D space in a game like Tomb Raider where mm. it's all polygons and stuff yeah. that was like a big deal like I'm pretty sure it was one of the first at least like mainstream games that come to mind for me when it comes to like parkour and like you know platforming oh, in like a 3D space yeah 100% so I just know that, like, from my experience, like, moving it around with just the arrow keys on your controller and, like, there isn't a way to move the camera. You just have to move your character and then the camera oh, just finds yeah. you. yeah. That's so true. You don't have to move the camera. So it's just things like that that are so interesting to, like, look back on. Like, a big thing that I really like is emulating games and, like, sort of going back in time. What, uh, what do you mean? So, like, I have example? a little handheld device called a Retroid and basically it has backloaded games all the way back to the Super Nintendo. Oh! So I can oh, sit on yeah. the train and play DS games. I can play 3DS games. Yeah. I can play PlayStation. Games. So I yeah. can sort of go back in time and enjoy those games the way they were meant to be enjoyed. Okay, we we do that on the on the PC, like because I've never I've never had Nintendo, like mm. never played any Nintendo games. So my partner will have an emulator to d do all of the Mario Party games. Yeah, exactly. And they are so fun. That's yeah. how you lose friends, though. I've I've met some people that lost some friends playing Mario. Hey, I don't know listen, about it's no Monopoly. You, you guys, <laughs> look, I, I don't know. I have always heard those expressions like Monopoly and like Mario Kart and Mario Party will make you lose friends. I don't know about you guys, but I've always heard that. I'm like, y'all have some feeble friendships if you guys are going to break <laughs> down over that. Yeah, I don't know. If anything, like, you know, t you don't get me wrong, I I'm a sore loser. <laughs> but, like, it's it's fun. For yeah. me, it's fun to, like, play with my partner or play with my friends. Um, yeah, those kinds of games. Again, Mario Kart, I don't love that as much because I found it very difficult. I love driving games. Oh, that's another thing that I really loved as a child with driving games. The Need for Speed games. Mm. Oh, freaking love those. Like some of my songs, I still listen to them from there. Mm. Um, but they, I, I guess maybe because I didn't grow up with Nintendo or I didn't grow up with a controller, I still am not awesome at a controller i very much am more comfortable with the arrow keys mm. uh, and like with a keyboard so maybe that's it's just not an innate sort of it's definitely movement to me it's definitely something you need to build up over time mm. like if you aren't exposed to it it can like it's very strange like for someone like me who has used a controller my whole life yeah and has very much so personally felt the like development of the controllers over the years like I've held every kind of PlayStation controller mm. so I very tangibly felt the development of it but like Sammy for example has only <laughs> just recently sort of 
started to use controllers (laughs) like when she's been at my place and we've been like uh, on my playstation 5 there's a beautiful game called abzu oh i love abzu i play it on steam like a pc game yeah and it is like just a beautiful anyone who hasn't played it or seen of it who's listening it's a very much so like story-based exploration game set in an ocean and it's very chill like there's no enemies there's nothing like that it's just a meditative it is like one of the prettiest games Mm -hmm. i've ever seen and for a game that has no dialogue or anything like that it's such a tangible like visual story Mm -hmm. but also incredibly weird to move around because you're swimming complete 3d space so watching sammy like get her sea legs and like learn how to use the controller it was also because i stopped using controllers after the gamecube Mm. That was my and last controller. And that was also a weird controller, to mm. be fair. Like, in the grand scheme of controllers, the GameCube one is weird. It's the one with the three bottom prong yes. things. Right? No, that's the oh. that's the 64. But that oh. I also have the GameCube, 64. The GameCube was the one that... Like, the main thing that was weird about the GameCube was the trigger setup, where it yeah. had, like, two triggers on one side and only one trigger on the other. It's oh. a bit strange in that sense. Yeah, so, uh, like, but it didn't have the dual um, joysticks. So it was just the one joystick, I think. It had two, but one of, the, one of them was, like, very different. It was, like, much oh, smaller. It was the yeah, C-stick. So, yeah, the C-stick. But it's not, like, the joystick that we have on, like, the PS5. No, where it's, it's not, like, one for moving or... and one for camera. camera. Mm. And so getting used to the idea of, like changing camera and moving at the same time like this is became much more apparent i think when i started playing ghost of tsushima which is mm. like third person my very first third person fighter like but it's not it's not really it's third person game. no it is, it is no it's a third person action mm-hmm. game you're you're right oh okay yeah. but it just it's like the tomb raider games right it, yeah yeah it's similar you, yeah. Uh, you're effectively like a samurai trying to protect yeah. a japanese island from i remember Mongol watching invasion. the trailer being like damn i wish i had the playstation to play that game but also like the point of view is weird on that game where it's like kind of set it, off center and like it's just a bit closer like it's a more cinematic hmm. angle because it's like over yeah. the shoulder a lot of yeah like, i don't like that oh. very much Mm. But mm. yeah, getting used to the idea of like moving camera and moving person at the same time was something that that's new to me. Mm-hmm. But mm. Abzu especially is difficult because it, is like, it hurts it is my brain. Thing. Well, it's because it's backwards and you're in water. Yeah, yeah. and so like going up, oh, would it's make you go down. Going uh, down would make you go up. I am inverted. I'm I am an inverted person. I I would play COD with my friends after I got a PlayStation, and I would always have my controllers inverted. I prefer playing on an invert. I don't know why. It's very... I would love to see. And To be fair, now that I think about it, I'm sure there is some sort of study on it. But, like, in my mind, walking in a game has to not be inverted by far. But as soon as I'm flying or swimming, that's as soon as my brain switches. Like, if it's not inverted, I'm deeply confused. Or, like, for me, aiming... I don't know why. See, like when for I'm me, aiming that's crazy. Like the idea of trying to aim inverted in my mind is like, oh my god, I'd be so terrified. Yeah, that would really <laughs> mess with I, I my would, brain. I would never. Uh, to be fair, if I'm playing a sniper character now, I already struggle, so I don't want to make it worse. <laughs> okay, but like I'm not a monster. I only invert the uh, vertical. I mm. never invert horizontal. Oh yeah, that what would kind be so of weird? <laughs> I would love to see <laughs> this. Kind of brain. But there's always an option to invert Y and X axis, and well, I'm like, who inverts the X? <laughs> well, see, honestly, it is one of the more interesting changes that's come around especially in the past like i'd say seven years 
it's just something where sort of accessibility features in video games has mm. really taken off and it's a very yeah. wholesome change to see because mm-hmm. as someone who sort of has been very blessed at least to not really have any disabilities that would interfere with my sort of like playing a video game but seeing now like I remember probably the first game that I saw it the most was uh, The Last of Us the Naughty mm. Dog game oh have you played those yes so oh. I'm, I'm a big Naughty Dog fan I've played through like Pretty much the only games that I haven't played of theirs are like the old Uncharted games. They're still on my list. Oh, they're to get amazing! To. I've only they're played so four. Good. Yeah, but they have like some of the most impressive disability features that I've ever seen in a game. Where it's just like basically anything that you could think of that mm-hmm. could help someone is in the game. Oh, just that's to be incredible. sure, and yeah. it's a similar thing to the inverted, where it's like. I really respect that they at least have the option because as much as I mm. think it's peculiar that someone would want that, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's somewhere out, someone out there that might have a physical disability yeah. that needs them to have it inverted or it's more comfortable for that. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless, like exactly. having the option is so wholesome to see. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is definitely something that's like picked up a lot more over the years now. Mm. So it's very nice to see that people are like making those accommodations. Yeah. yeah. So... In Abzu, can you not change the invertedness? Oh, you can. Oh, you absolutely goodness. can. Okay. And so I, I switched it yeah. back to non-inverted. Mm-hmm. But then if he wanted to show me something, because there's oh. like little... Um, <laughs> Secrets and all Yeah, sorts, like little like, like hidden gems. Yeah. He would be like, oh, there's a hidden gem over here. Let me show you. Mm. And he'd have to take it, change it, and then <laughs> change it back when he hands it back to me. Yeah, I'd have to completely learn how to swim again as soon as I take the controller back off her. Like, oh, God, this is awful. Ah. <laughs> So I have a, a, a gamer question, I guess, because mm-hmm. my, my partner definitely games significantly more than I do. Like I said, I just stick to my like awesome, you know, little big planet platformer <laughs> games. Like, I love this. Um, what is your opinion on having cross-platform players in one area? And by that, just for our listeners who, who maybe don't know, it's when people all play against each other, but some are on controllers and some are on PC, like mm. on a keyboard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I think that the only real caveat to having that sort of thing, or at least if there's two, but one of them's a mild inconvenience, when it comes to having cross-platform games, because the biggest aspect or the biggest feel of that is the fact that you're having to connect with people that systematically, like a PlayStation and an Xbox can't really get along. Their software is mm. completely different. Yeah. So the bridge to sort of allow them to play together is that you need to create another account for whatever like the localized game is. So mm. for example, if you're playing like Call of Duty cross-platform, generally speaking, you'll have like a Call of Duty username and a PlayStation username. Right. Sometimes they can be the same, but like if there's conflicting it can depending on the game they have different ways of getting around it mm-hmm. and the other thing as you sort of said is the controller versus mouse argument very very topical and heated thing to sort of get into but practically speaking more often than not someone who is a peak level performer on a mouse and keyboard versus a peak level performer on a key, uh, controller the keyboard and mouse will win in things why? like accuracy. I don't understand why. Because if you think about like how big a mouse pad is, for example, the range of motion that you have and the level of accuracy you can get with that range of motion is mm. a lot easier to hit as opposed to using an analog stick. I also okay. feel like it's a matter of like, um, like biology as well, because when you're using just the mouse, it's point and click, aiming, shooting, 
is all with one hand, one side of the brain. Whereas with a controller, you have to use both sides of your brain. You're using both the right and the left hands. And so coordinating between the two sides of the brain, between the two thumbs, between then also translating it onto the screen, I think is it's a lot more neural pathways that I think need to fire. But you'd be using the keyboard as well, right? On your mouse. But you don't necessarily need to be moving. Ah, Whereas like with, if you're like scoped in, yeah. the it doesn't the thing like, um, oh man. Controller? Why, yeah, doesn't the, the movement stick correlate, like it moves you slower, it doesn't change. Like, I mean, generally speaking, mm. like if you were aiming down the sights of a weapon in a game, you move slower, but like the easiest way that I sort of describe it to people is if you imagine that you're holding a texture in your hand and you're going to be drawing a line or something, mm-hmm. if you're just using your hand and moving it to the exact point that you want to draw the line to, very intuitive, very mm-hmm. easy, very straightforward. But if you're imagining that it was a robot holding it and you had like a flight control stick that you were moving to make it draw that line, mm-hmm. you can build your skill set up to be very accurate with it, but it's not as naturally intuitive. Oh, thank you. Okay, that actually describes it very well. Now now I understand. Because, like, mm. that's the thing is, like, it's all subjective. Like, I know plenty of PC players that are infinitely worse than some of my controller-playing friends. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, it's still down to that. Um, but it's, like, if you really wanted to master a craft when it comes mm. to, like, aiming, like, there's a reason why if you see, like, esports tournaments for games that are, like, Call of Duty or, like, uh, Counter-Strike and things like that, all of the players are playing with keyboard and mouse. It's just naturally yeah. got like a higher skill ceiling. Yeah, like PUBG is really popular on both console, console and mouse and keyboard. Yes, and yet all PUBG tournaments are played on uh, on PC. I didn't know that because like the reason why that question even even came up to me is because sometimes like I'll watch Twitch streamers and, and YouTubers play play games and stuff and they'll like make fun of they're like oh that guy must be using a controller or something and I'm like but why I don't understand to why be, it's so to be fair I'm definitely a part of it so like <laughs> when I'm live streaming so like one of the games that I've really sort of built up a lot of my audience around and a lot of my audience has specifically watched is called Sea of Thieves mm. long story Whoa. short it's a pirate simulator yeah, I love that game I played it all the time it's super pretty game and it's very much so one of those things where it's like a true sandbox where there isn't really that many like set in stone things to do it's basically just if we put a bunch of people in a pirate simulator how much are they going to fuck with each other Mm -hmm. like let's just find out exactly how much people are going to be terrible to each other it's not actually a game it's a it's a test of morality yeah basically that's why in that game i would basically just avoid other people oh absolutely so i I didn't play the game very well and so when other people would attack my ship even with like i'd play with my partner and he'd be like oh my god our ship is filling up with water make sure you're getting the pail and all the water out and i'm just like there's so much to do (laughs) yeah so but i would very very frequently like if i am boarding another person's ship and i'm trying to sink them it's very easy i know i'm a bad boy what can i say honestly that is very frequently listen uh, in sea of thieves what i like to do was go to the different islands and explore and look for treasure (laughs) yeah i like to look for treasure (laughs) look it's definitely like i can admit you know i was the problem but as i would say to the people that got upset at me as i was playing it you're playing a pirate game don't get upset when people pirate you yeah (laughs) yeah no but it's very easy to see in that game like if i board someone's ship and i see them turning very slowly to face me 
when you're moving a mouse around, especially if you're panicked and being attacked, you whip that mouse around mm. very quickly as mm. opposed to using a joystick if you haven't like purposefully really increased the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. It's a very telltale sign that someone's using a controller and generally speaking, very easy to beat them in those right, circumstances. Yeah. Well, also, is, for things like... I'm thinking Overwatch because I hear mm. the conversation between like PC and console most often whenever I play Overwatch. Mm. And... I would he- I would hear people say like that people on console get aim assist. Is that actually true? Yes. So Wait, that seems very unfair. So I do aim assist but like when I play the campaign. So but in in most contexts, like people automatically jump to that. But aim assist when it comes to first person shooters and using controllers is a lot different than people assume it is when ah, you hear aim assist. Okay. Everyone imagines it's like aimbot, where it's just instantly well, snapping it's, on a people's yeah, when heads. When I play and, campaign it, and I just press the trigger button to aim, it goes right for the headshot. So right? It makes it so easy to play. When it comes to aim assist and how it works, um, there's a video that I can't. Uh, I watched a while ago that was talking about Halo. So Halo is one of the first ever, or was the first ever to my understanding, first-person shooters that used two control sticks to con- uh, to aim with. Oh, okay. Or, like, aim and move. Mm. Oh, I um, never played PC. <laughs> so, playing that game, some of the things, like, for example, there's, like, gravity, or at least that's the term for it. So, if you're aiming and you sort of move your cursor over someone's head, mm-hmm. you're, or, like, sorry, what I'm thinking is friction. So, as you move past someone's head, your controller's aim will slow down as it hits their head. So it's sort of oh. giving you that second where you still need to time it. You still need to time to stop moving when you're hitting, you know, the target that you're trying to aim at. But it slows down a little bit to help you out that smidge, you know. Got it. Aim assist when it comes to games like that is always very very delicate. They yeah. have to make sure that it's not actually giving you a massive unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to level the playing field a little bit because, as we've said, it's a little bit easier to play on mouse and keyboard as opposed to controller. Got it. So, uh, okay, I do you play just like games that aren't um, PvP sort of games? Like, do you play? I would say that, like, generally, I tend to be a little bit of you know jack of all trades. I mm. go between a lot of them. The game mm. that I unfortunately play the most is League of Legends. Why? Uh, so. I don't. Re- I've heard the game before, but I do not know what it is. So, oh, League gosh. of Legends. The the term for the game is a MOBA. I can't actually remember what the uh, an acronym stands for, mm. but effectively, it's a team based game. But as opposed to most team based games, if you have a weak link on your team, it's not just. You know, a lot of games, like, take Overwatch, for example. If you have a terrible support on your team, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that sucks because our team is weaker. Right. In a game like League of Legends, not only when you have a teammate that's letting the team down, not only are you missing a teammate in, you know, effectively, Mm -hmm. but their weakness actively makes the enemy team way stronger because you get money every time you kill someone and you use that money to make your character stronger. So Uh, if your teammate dies uh, 10 times to one person, they've basically turned your enemy into Scrooge McDuck. They now have every item in the game and they're going to make you very angry very quickly. So it's probably the worst environment ever when it comes to like getting angry at people playing games with because... Gamer toxicity. (laughs) You feel it so much more because it's not just the fact that I'm having to carry this dead weight on my team. It's now David versus Goliath and I've got this moron on my back as well. (laughs) So is it a a first-person shooter game? It's very different. So it's top... 
down, so you're basically seeing, like, eagle-eye view on your character, mm. and you have to, like, every time, if you think about, it, like, the borders of your monitor, if you want to move your camera, you have to, like, move your mouse to the border and, like, nudge the camera around. It's a very unique style of playing. Like, now you I'm click thinking, to like, move. Civ? Sort of like that. Or okay. imagine, like, how you move your characters around in Sims. Oh! Very similar it. to that. Okay. Um, yeah. How but, can you be bad at that? Oh, it's... It's also like strategy as well, and mm. and also fighting because it is PvP. There's okay. there's okay. a lot of different layers to the sort of skill of the game mm-hmm. because it is very much as Sammy said, it's a very strategy based and like tactical game in that sense. Mm. But it also does reward like your mechanical knowledge, your accuracy, things like that. It's mm-hmm. out of all of the games that I've played in my life in terms of skill ceilings, it's probably the most advanced game I've ever seen. Really, I'm personally am not really interested in a lot of esports whether it's racing games or shooting games. Yeah, e-sports, or like FIFA sort of games. Things like yeah. that I'm not really engaged with because I feel like there isn't a lot of skill expression besides driving really well mm. or aiming really well. Mm-hmm. I know that's massively simplifying it and, you know, no yeah. hate to the people who do that stuff really well. You're infinitely better than I am. <laughs> I just haven't found it as engaging as a game like League of Legends where there's over 160 characters okay. and... Over, like, I think, like, probably 150 different items in the game, and seeing all of those different characters, all of those different items, and the interactions that they have, there's so much room for expression of how you play. And mm. watching pro players do it is just mind boggling. Like, some of the stuff that you see people do in these games is just like absolutely wicked. Watching it from an outsider's perspective, if you haven't ever played a MOBA before, it looks like a completely foreign language to watch. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, like, first understanding, like, getting into League back in high school, mm. where I would... I Have would... you played the game? No. But oh. I, I had a lot of friends that played the game. Mm. I would try to, like, before I, pl- I go to play a game, now that this exists, I will go and watch streamers mm-hmm. or YouTube videos, things like that, to understand... If it's something that I would like, if it's something that suits my play style, mm-hmm. and going and watching, hearing my friends talking about League, and then thinking, okay, what if I want to go play with them? Going and watching your first game of League, you're just there, like, what the hell is going on? Oh, really? On? It yeah. is like vastly different to like any other style of game. Like MOBAs are all very similar. It's like MOBA itself is a language, so it's like if you play like the other big competitor is called Dota Two. If you play oh, Dota I know 2, Dota. Yeah. Exactly. If you play Dota 2, it's not as confronting to try to like learn League and same in reverse. Okay. That going in for the first time is really rough. Right. But generally speaking, and why like I started this by saying yeah. unfortunately I play League, it is without a doubt the most toxic community I've ever been in. And I'm part of the problem. I'm I'm just gonna like <laughs> wave the flag going into this. Anyone listening? Yeah. I am 100% heinous in that okay. game. I've said some horrible things to people. Why? Why does it make you do that? What is it about the game? I think it's one of those things where it's just a means to vent your frustrations from your life. Mm. And it's so easy where it's like in a context where I tend to get frustrated when I don't understand how people can do really what looks like really stupid mistakes. Right. And it's the same thing when I see people driving. Like, when I see people driving and they just run into a lamp pole for some reason, I'm like, how? How oh did you manage God. that? You would genuinely hate even watching me play. Because one of the things I, I was talking with my partner, I was like, Kayla, maybe we should just, like, make a, a Twitch just for me because I'm so bad at gaming, but it's really funny. Like, we played WoW, and there was this one time where all I had to do was, like, go on a bridge and jump over to an, a different section just to get a quest. 
and I fell off that bridge five times and I had to swim all the way around and then Kaylin's like okay okay jump now and what I would do is like I would press the forward key and I jump too late and I just fall again and he's like okay okay you gotta jump first before you press the forward key so I would jump but then I wouldn't press the forward key in time, so I would still just fall off the bridge. Yeah. Or just, like, wouldn't press the jump key at all. I've had very similar yeah. situations. And he's just like, I don't understand. And that's the thing is, like, trying to look with a level head, like, looking at the context, you can't expect everyone that you play games with to be prodigies. You and, know? like, you can't on really... their game all the time. Exactly. exactly. You can't really yeah. expect those things. And, like, to be fair, I consider myself alright at the game, but I've had absolutely shocking games before. I've done nothing but hurt my team before as yeah. well. You could have a bad day. You could be tired. Exactly right. But there's so many aspects of the game where it's, like, the community's built up in a way where it's, like, it's so common that if you're the weak link and if you're underperforming, instantly blaming someone else. Aww. Like, it is not my fault. And it's so difficult where it's, like, someone who keeps on running into the enemy team, trying to fight them alone and dying, and then they say, it's not my fault. What can I do? But and you, it's get like, that, you get that in every game. Like, I, I love seeing that in Overwatch where someone just, like, runs in by themselves and dies, and they're like, where were the heels? And I'm like... <laughs> What did you expect? What did you expect if you run in by yourself? No, but no. that's exactly the, yeah. the kind of setup. And because, like, and also, I think it's one of those things where League of Legends specifically has a culture built up around it when it comes to, like, mm. the personalities behind it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it just sort of goes hand in hand that you see it. And it's, like, passively what you learn mm -hmm. if you're a fan of the game. Like, one of my favorite streamers is called Drutut. He's a Polish streamer. He's hilarious. He is toxic as shit. He is <laughs> so fucking cruel to his teammates when they're playing poorly. And I think it's hilarious. I think it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. So you sort of like just passively build up these tendencies mm. where you think it's normal. Yeah. And it just happens all too often. Do your yeah. Twitch uh, audience ever like call you out or do they egg you on instead? I thankfully have made the good decision to never stream, or I think I've only streamed myself playing League of Legends once because I don't uh, want the internet seeing. Yeah, you don't want to be cancelled. Exactly right, <laughs> and trust me, I would be. I'm just going to preface: no slurs; those are no fun. Yeah, you got to get way more creative than that. Okay. Yeah, yeah you gotta, exactly. It's like you got to get way spicy, otherwise I've, it's boring. I've heard some stuff. I've, really? Not not from you. No, no, no. But yeah, I, I've heard. I've seen some really good toxic like insults. Like hats off to them for their creativity. Mm -hmm. But, like, if someone said that to me, I'd probably go home and cry. It is, like, 100% oh. the bet. Like, it is so, like, I find so much joy in testing my creativity and how I can insult someone to the extent <laughs> oh that they feel bad, but also that I'm not going to get banned. Mm -hmm. Like, I've uh, one of my favorite go-tos for ages was telling people, do you have to use both hands to, like, and really focus on tying your shoelace? Like, do you really need to sweat when you tie your shoes? Like, does like, it stress you hands. out? I definitely use both hands to tie my shoelaces. Oh my god! It's just, it's just the prospect of like all of the people where it's just like the most simple activities. Like, do you yeah. have guide rails when you sit on the toilet? Like, do you need to like do you have training wheels? Like, when you go to the kitchen, just those sorts of yeah, things to think yeah. of. Like. But sort of on this topic of toxicity, because I remember when I wanted you to get into Overwatch, and we were talking about building a like solid group mm -hmm. that we could always mm -hmm. have a team so that we didn't have randos. Mm -hmm. um, you were really nervous about starting because you didn't want to be the new player and get like hated on by not only other that, players. Exactly. Um, because so I have, I guess 
experience with that just watching some excellent gamer women play on yeah. Twitch and on YouTube and them being ex- like for no reason at all being told cruel and just heinous things. Oh, it is yeah. like astounding the level of hate that women get yeah. just for existing. Exactly. So I, I just was afraid of that. You, just, you can't like in a lot of games you like can't use the mic. You can't communicate well, exactly. in oh, it, any it, way that you are a it woman. is it yeah. is so like concerning to see that and like look i definitely find you know there there are pluses and minuses of being either gender in this world you mm. know the world isn't nice to anyone basically yeah. yeah but when you're a woman playing video games holy shit are you in danger exactly like, it is like it is so scary to see yeah and like one example that i think about very often and it's like a very sad example of like setting an example for women is that I, you guys probably wouldn't have heard about it. I just remember seeing like this chronicles on TikTok where there was a streamer by the name of like I think it was her name was like Nadine or something, oh, and I she know played this. Call of Duty. So she was playing Warzone, like the battle royale Call of Duty, mm-hmm. and was pretty good at it. And then whether it was intentional to get negative publicity or not, she got caught using hacks. Yeah, I remember oh. this. And it was one of those grey areas where I sort of think she did it on purpose to like to troll to cause a stir and mm. like to get people talking about her and get that publicity and her name out there. Mm-hmm. But either way, it was one of those things where a lot of her content was basically along the lines of making TikTok saying, You think all women are bad at playing games? Watch this. And yeah. then her clip Aww. of her playing well. And then it gets found out that she's a hacker. Yeah. And then you can only imagine what everyone was saying. You were never good. All of these, <gasps> all like, women the toxic, are bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like get out of the game. All of those sorts of terrible things, and it pisses me off so much because it's like fantastic. You are now a more popular streamer, and you've set back all of the girls that are just trying to enjoy yeah, the game. Exactly. Because everyone's just gonna say, "Oh yeah, even that one who was apparently really good had yeah. to hack." So mm-hmm. yeah, this like woman gamer. The second that it's like, "Oh, that's a girl. Oh, that's she's cheating, or exactly. she's not very good. Get off my team." So, anyways, when you told me about that, the reason why I was nervous was because I would play. I'm not a very good gamer. Okay, I. I like adventure games for goodness sakes i set them on easy and i just like to do the adventure okay i have aim assists all the way because i like to collect the trinkets and i like to do all the other stuff and i'd like to you enjoy explore. the journey i, I yeah. enjoy the journey that's not, not like tomb raider and uncharted yeah because that's the thing is like not, everybody gets different things out of games i don't love like this is a different type of gaming but like board games I'm really not a strategy board game person like I don't like Catan I don't find it relaxing Mm -hmm. where I prefer something silly and fun like Cards Against Humanity exactly so everybody gets something out of their game therefore I'm not a good gamer so when you brought up you know let's play Overwatch I'm like okay well I already suck at first person shooter games period and I have tried to play Apex and oh, I, I to play love oh I love the idea <laughs> of Apex. I really do. I, yeah. I I really wanted to get into it, but the thing is, it's really hard to learn. Yeah. Apex. Uh, look, I'm. It has always blown me away at how popular Apex is. It is one of the hardest shooters I've ever it played. Is so As hard. someone who has yeah. played shooters since Halo One, like back when I was like. 12 and finally got given an Xbox. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been playing shooters since then, and I still find 
every character is moving around at like the speed of sound. Yeah. Every character also takes like two full magazines of ammo to kill. Like exactly. I really try. I did the same. I tried to get into it, and I couldn't. I was like, this yeah. is way too brutal. So I'm already like nervous about not not doing so well. Um, and what had happened was I never used the microphone, right? Yeah. But it just so happened that my my partner was like, hey, why don't you play play on my account? Because he had like all of the characters unlocked. He had all the, like you know whatever whatever. Oh, so I was yeah, like, yeah, sure. Characters. Yeah. So I didn't realize that when he gave me his headset, his microphone was on. And I, again, wasn't very good because I was just learning. I was learning all about it. And then I remember dying and being like, oh, you know, I was saying something like, oh, no, you know, whatever. And then all he hears, is that a girl? Oh, my God. No wonder she's so bad. What a fucking bitch. Blah, 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 blah. You're like, we're going to have to carry you. Blah, blah. And I was just like. What? Oh my God! What's with all the hate? Like I just what the heck? and I, and I didn't know what to do. And I just went, I'm so sorry. I'm just learning how to play the game. I'm so sorry. And I'm like a fucking bitch. Women shouldn't play games. Bah! And all of that. There's yeah. there's all like of that. it's it's surprising to me every time I see it. Like it's astounding to see just the true like depth of like some gamers' hatred, or at least like the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think it's so fascinating because I think there's so many angles that it comes from or mm-hmm. like so many things that feed into it. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's a lot of overlap between the incel community and gamers. There's yeah. a lot of overlap there. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap. One thing that I personally find quite frustrating as a man is that there's a big thing that's happened in the past like few years where women are starting to capitalize on e-girl culture and being <laughs> a girl gamer. Yeah. And it is something that can be frustrating to see because it's like they're making money and there are some examples of them. It's not all of them. There are some examples of them where it's very inauthentic, mm. where they're passionate about games because they get paid a lot for being passionate about games. Absolutely. So that's just another facet of like oh my god, this girl just looks pretty, she's now playing COD to a mediocre extent, is a streamer, and is making more than my family does combined. Mm. That's one aspect that I personally have been like, man, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. So all of those different things together are like what feed into this sort of toxicity and this like natural sort of disregard for like women's feelings playing games. Mm. But then people just stop thinking about it on like a case-by-case basis. Like, yeah. Yeah. There are there are terrible people that play games. Yeah, but I've also had like mm-hmm. I've had some really lovely teammates. That, yeah, exactly. Like, I would come on the mic and they're just super like they. It's not a thing. You Agreed. Know? Yeah, exactly. I have, but because I remember just how that made me feel because it was an accident because I didn't realize my microphone was on. Now all of my usernames, whenever I play anything online, is a masculine name. Yeah. I oh love yeah. Your, it's yeah, like I you, love you your need really to have a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my Overwatch name is real cool guy. Yeah. I love that because even just having a feminized username instantaneously in instant- the chat, you'll see. Are you a girl? Yep. Are right you away. a girl? Right away. Yeah. Exactly. My before my username for Apex was Cutie Ruski. My partner made it up for me. He's just like, I think it's cute for you. You should get it. And I was like, yeah, because I've never really, like, I've played COD before, but it was on a PlayStation. And I, I don't know. You just don't like, worry about this. Yeah, you don't really like, worry They give about you, like, it. preset profile yeah, names. Like, exactly. You don't need to stress. Exactly. So this was the first time where that I actually could have a username and stuff. And he's like, what a cute little name for you. And I'm like, yay. And then I was like, holy shit, I'm deleting this. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, right away, just, just the username itself yeah. would get all of this hate in the chat. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes me feel so 
to the point where like I don't want to play those games. Well, like especially in the context of what you said, like you didn't realize that you were actually in like a group conversation. Mm-hmm. You had no no idea, and all of a sudden you're being attacked for it. That's vulnerable as shit to yeah. be like. I'm already kind of annoyed because I died and I don't like dying in the game and now I'm being shit on for it. Exactly. It's like I'm like the closest thing I could compare it to is like I was playing a game with my mate the other day and sure enough I died and he went oh you shouldn't have run in so deep and it's like oh, I fucking know that dude I'm dead <laughs> I'm looking at a black and white screen I think that gives the hint I, I think I got it yeah. yeah. so it's like you know it's the equivalent of being kicked while you're down it's never fun yeah and this is sort of why I want to circle back to the idea of toxicity for a second because mm. you know regardless of whether you are a woman a man non-binary whatever it may be I feel like it's so hard to get into new games sometimes. Like if they've already been out for like over six months, mm. getting into it as a new person feels so like alienating because yeah. you don't want to get that toxicity. It's like, I know I'm bad, but I need to play the game yeah. to How get How else are you going to learn? Yeah. yeah. It, it's definitely very real, especially for the multiplayer, well, like, specifically for the multiplayer games. You're mm-hmm. not really going to be judged by the NPCs in your single-player <laughs> game. Imagine. <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely get that. Like, cracking into a community like that can be really difficult. And it's just yeah. literally a matter of, like, dealing with it. You've sort of just got to be Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the mountain, like, dealing with it. Mm. Like, that was basically what I had to do with League, where it was, like, I had terrible games the first, like, few hours. I say few hours, like, a hundred hours that I played the game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's really difficult to sort of get into it. It's like, you need to have a very good reason to commit to it. Yeah. And, like, for both of you guys, like, you thankfully have friends. Like, we all play together on Overwatch. Mm -hmm. And that is, most of the time, at least in my experience, the only motivator that will get me to, like, actually brute force my way into a new multiplayer game. Mm -hmm. If I don't have the friends to play it with, it's like, what am I doing this for? I I very much agree. And, you know, Sammy, thank you so much for getting me into Overwatch. I'm still not very good, but I enjoy playing it with you guys and even like you know Kaylin's like why don't you you know play Overwatch because like I'll have a day off and he's like why don't you play Overwatch I'm like I don't want to play by myself oh really I love playing by myself no, honestly it's like once you I would say that you're still at the stage where you're like early enough in it that yeah. it's like you need some you want people to hold your hand a little bit and come no, not with you. necessarily well, not, like that. to come not with at all. you yeah, well, yeah exactly. it's like having the yeah. company for it but like exactly it's the company it's not don't you, I don't need to have my hand held through the game play no, like, I'm sorry I phrased that poorly but like in terms of you want someone to come with you rather than you just going out into the world by yourself exactly because mm. my friends will know I'm gonna be bad and I'm not gonna be dehumanized for it yeah. you know yeah well like I think another thing that's like, well, one thing that's sad about Overwatch is that you've missed out on the Prime. Like, one thing I wanted to bring up is that I was talking to Sammy about this earlier, but the modern video game landscape has changed so much in the time that I've been alive. For now, the fact that we live in the digital world, there's such a toxic thing that game developers are starting to fall into, which is the live video game service. And this isn't. What does that mean? So, this is not a new topic for anyone who is really in the uh, sort of like enjoys gaming or anything. But for games like Overwatch, for example, you would see now that when we log on and play, there's almost always a new event, or there's a new character, Mm. or there are new skins that have come out. Some update that's going to like really ruin your evening because you're planning on playing and then it updates for the next two hours. Or. (laughs) The new holy bible of all terrible games is the battle pass. Okay, that I know because, again, I know it from my partner. Exactly right. And it is such a fucking terrible thing that developers Mm. have started using as a financial crutch where rather than package up the game in a nice little bow and giving it to you and saying, 
give me $100 and I'm going to give you this beautiful piece of game that you can just play and enjoy and vibe with and have a blast. They will give you half of the package and I'll say, that'll be $100 second. You're like, okay, uh, can I have the rest of the game now? And they're like, oh yes, I'll ration it to you. I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of the game every month and you're going to have to keep paying me to get that little bit of the game mm. every month. Well, not yeah. just that, because the way that you, you we were talking about it earlier is that the game, not that they give you half of the game and then they give you little pieces after that. Because I understand the idea of like, for a game like Overwatch 2, where it's free, they want to keep people interested. Mm. They want to keep people um, playing the game, that they'll do events and special things each season. Mm. That I understand. But what we were talking about before is the idea of like, here is this version of the game and we had set this deadline, it's going to come out October 1st and by God we'll give it to you on October 1st regardless of what condition it's in. Oh yes. So and even if it's trash, yes. we'll give it to you but we'll fix it later yeah, rather exactly. than it being like it's so... we'll just delay that time because it's mm-hmm. not ready mm-hmm. and give it to you when it's, it's actually so ready. It's so awful yeah. that it's just like the worst trend ever to see that like growing up when you're playing a PlayStation 2 game, if they release the game and it's broken, it's broken forever. Mm-hmm. There was no update system yeah, for it. Because it was a CD. Exactly right. right. Yeah. It's it's stuck that yeah. way. So they had to make sure that if they're releasing it, it works. Because mm-hmm. otherwise they won't people won't buy it. Or yeah. people will buy it, cause a stir, get refunds. Mm-hmm. These days, because they have this like safety net of patching and releasing updates and all of this, there are so many games coming out, and the thing that pisses me off more than anything I've seen recently is a game has just recently come out called Baldur's Gate 3. No! It's a very big... No, 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 it's good. Oh, thank God. So, Baldur's Gate 3, I haven't played it yet, but it has been receiving nothing but glowing reviews. Oh, good. Okay. And a big reason behind that is the fact that it is a massive role-playing game Mm -hmm. that is so deep, so many different facets to explore, and guess what? fucking works. Didn't it take them like years to yes. release it? Because people have them, been waiting for it for It took them a while. long time. Yeah. And I've seen so many articles and so many people on X, not Twitter anymore, X, <laughs> Formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> Developers have been upset at the fact that the game has come out saying that it sets an unreasonable standard for them to live up to. So I'm sorry, the grow the fuck up. Exactly. I'm sorry, but if someone has just submitted their work and guess what, they worked hard on it and it got full marks, you don't get to say... Well, I submitted half of my essay, and I, I, you extended it, and then I gave you the rest later. Why, why are you upset at me for? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't make a whole essay before the assignment's due date. Like, I'm sorry. That's exactly what you've got to exactly. do. That's exactly what you have done in the past. Yeah. And like, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Shigeru Miyamoto, like one of the um, most Nintendo. important. Yeah, like one of the most important figures in the gaming industry mm. has a quote that says, "A delayed game, no, it's um, a rush game will forever be bad. A delayed game can be good." Exactly. And people just don't seem to give enough respect to that. Where I have not seen in a long time any community be upset when something's delayed mm-hmm. because the delay means they give a shit. Yeah, agreed. They don't want to give it to you half-assed. Yeah. They want to make sure that it's proper mm-hmm. and that you're getting what you pay for. Mm-hmm. That's never bad news. It's a bummer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I want to play it. Like, yeah, you're expecting to play. and Exactly yeah. right. Like It's sad, but I'm not yeah. going to get upset about it because if you give it to me at the time you promised and it doesn't work, 
I'll be way more upset at that. Yeah, exactly. Especially like these days, games are a hundred dollars at like the minimum. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like PlayStation Five games. If you're buying them at like full market retail price, it's like a hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's and then mental. imagine buying that game and it's only like thirty percent finished. Yeah. Like there was a very there was a scandal with a very recent first person shooter game. That I was wouldn't like be surprised that. if you're talking about cyberpunk. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you ah. talking about cyberpunk? Because that's a few years ago now. It's not recent. But it was but probably it was the, the biggest. Oh, mm, I would say uproar. that there are two games that are probably the biggest instances of like crazy so cyberpunk was a very good example of a game that was broken Mm. where there was just the game when it released was just shocking there were cars phasing through pedestrians (laughs) there was literally like a meme that was made of these pedestrians that would walk across a crossing and then just walk through a building and the developers thought it was so funny that when they fixed it finally after a couple of months they made a little easter egg where there's a human like an outline on the wall saying like platform nine and three quarters Uh uh-huh <laughs> That's so funny that I paid oh, you my money for you to God. not finish your work when you sent it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that game was such a good example of like the game was busted beyond belief on release, and then eventually they patched up all of the holes. But it's still not a great game. Too late. Exactly. It's like I'm, People have been trying to play it. Well, like one of the things that I always point to because so many of my friends like they released an anime as well, like set in the universe called Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and mm. apparent I haven't watched it, but apparently it's incredible, and that drew so many people to play the game again because they wanted to be in that universe. Mm. And I appreciate that. And if you played the game and you had fun, that's fantastic. But for me, I saw a video that was comparing Cyberpunk to Grand Theft Auto 3. Hmm. Like one of the early, like the first ever Grand Theft Auto that was third person. And for example, when you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you pull a weapon out and you shoot at water, it splashes. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? That's how the world works. Yeah. In Cyberpunk 2077, if you shoot at water or you throw a grenade in water or do anything to it, no reaction. <laughs> not so much as a spice. I'm sorry. I, I'm not a game developer. I don't know the ins and outs of game developing, but mm. I feel like that should be on the checklist, gentlemen. <laughs> like, we should be looking at these things. Mm. So the fact that the game released with that sort of level of just, like, ineptitude, yeah. like, I'm just not interested. I refuse to even go back to it because they're not going to add those details in. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, so is that is that before the edit that they did, the update? Yes, but, like, the edits that they released... Most of them, most of them, you know, were just stability, making the game's frame rate better, making it so that the NPCs weren't walking through walls or that cars weren't exploding for no reason. Basically, obvious mistakes. Exactly right. Um, Like the stuff that if you were just trying to. Editing on a paper. (laughs) Exactly right. Like literally just the stuff that if I was playing through the campaign, I cannot finish it because when I try to drive my car to the building I need to get to, my car falls through the walls (laughs) or like falls through the floor and I die for no reason. That sort of base level of game. But then the other side of sort of like rush games and things like that and the other sort of caveat to releasing a game is No Man's Sky. So this one's much older. Like I'm, I think it's nearing 10 years old now. Mm. But No Man's Sky was a game that promised when it was revealed that it was going to be effectively like a sci-fi simulator. So it was a randomly generated galaxy and that galaxy had plenty of universes in it and every universe had a randomly generated planet, randomly generated fauna and randomly generated flora. Mm. They promised all of these things like you can play with friends, you can do all of this stuff and when the game came out, holy shit... 
there was like if you imagine like a spectrum of like random animal parts that could be drawn from to randomly create a creature oh no they probably had like six different parts so it was cryptid so, so you would go to like 18 different universes, 28 different planets, and by the time you've gone to all of them, you've seen the same creature like four times. Damn. So so for wow. a game for a game where exploring was its whole shtick, absolute uproar. And again, mm, yeah. the biggest reason that was a problem was because the guy directing the game, the face of this game coming out, it wasn't just that these things were broken or anything. They weren't in the game and they were explicitly promised. <laughs> so they originally said that it was multiplayer and that you could find friends, but they said, oh, wait, wait, wait. But because the galaxy is so big, it's, you know, it's really hard to find your friends. You know, it's a, it's a big galaxy. Within the first week of release, two people were live streaming the fact that they were in the exact same spot on the exact same planet. They weren't there. So they explicitly lied about it being oh multiplayer. Oh, my God. So it was a massive deal, and they got absolutely torched for it, rightfully mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. But as time has gone on, they have effectively patched all of those holes and delivered on the promises. But it's too late. Look, it's a bit of a bittersweet. As someone who loves that sort of idea, like... Same with Sea of Thieves. Any sort of sandbox that I can be put in with friends and other people and mm -hmm. just make stories of my own and come across these things where I'm having experiences that are more unique to me. Mm -hmm. I love that sort of game. Yeah. So I've gone back to No Man's Sky, and now that they've added all of these things in, it's fun. It's worth playing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I needed to wait six years for it, like, come on, man. Yeah. It's more excusable in No Man's Sky. You know, there are certain things like it was a very small team, like 15 people made the game. But it's like this beast that video games in terms of marketing and popular culture that mm. it has become is so capitalized on the fact where it's like big marketing, big budgets, big campaigns, big numbers. All of these things have just blown it so far out of proportion mm -hmm. that Game companies struggle so much to just make a game they're passionate about yeah. mm -hmm. and just do it because they've got corporate people breathing down the neck about mm -hmm. release date. They've got people breathing down the neck about once we release the game, what are you going to add to it so we can get more money out of it? Mm -hmm. There are all of these things that just really inflate the process where it's like, I feel so bad for the people making the games because like... Even in the prospect of delaying a game before it comes out, that is so hard to do because the corporation's breathing down your neck saying, you're delaying our payday. Mm. That's what a release date is. That's when the, the studio gets the money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, I don't want to delay it any further because I'm not pushing back payday. You've got to release it on this because I want my money. Yeah. And then that's why they release it too early. Yeah. So it's become a toxic environment in the games and it's become a toxic environment for the developers. Absolutely. The or yeah. like another big thing is crunch. Like, oh my God, like Red Dead Redemption 2, the game that came out from mm. Rockstar Studios mm -hmm. a few years ago, that game is a masterpiece. Yeah. But the amount of grueling hours and overtime that the people behind the game put in and weren't a effectively paid for or like Ooh. weren't paid enough for yeah. comparative to how much stress it was was insane oh, yeah. wow. people were cranking like 80 hour weeks coding and developing for that game like that is nuts yeah, to exactly. not be compensated but for appropriately this is, this is something that like we noticed I, I forget what game it was was it um the Project L, the new fighter game for Lee. Yes, that's where, coming up by Riot. Yeah and so we were watching the, the trailer from like it had a brief 
like explanation from one of the developers and then it went to I think it's like one of the people that's in charge of advertising and marketing Mm -hmm. the difference in appearance between the developer and the person in charge of marketing the the developer had like he looked like he hadn't slept in 16 years and then the the marketer guy is like totally fine yeah completely lively and it's like so bizarre it's just it's such an interesting thing that like the beast that it's just grown into Mm -hmm. that that's just sort of the mindset that people have developing games these days yeah it's just heartbreaking to see like that's why i enjoy so much games like abzu yeah those independent games like because especially when you can just tell there's so much passion behind a game, yeah. mm-hmm. like you can feel it when you're playing it, man. And like even Red Dead 2, as much as there was so much crunch in it, the details in yeah. that game that people sweat for. If you have a male horse, if you're in a cold area of the map, the balls are smaller oh. than when you're in a hot area. I'm sorry, but someone not only had to code that in, but artists had to design the horse nuts to match the climate they're in. What a fucking prospect. Okay, yeah. I, so it's like the attention to detail exactly, is really high. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it's so weird to sort of see those things happen and to like it's a bit of a love hate thing where it's like it's so hard to be the fan of the video games and see like these oh my god just heinous sins coming mm, out with these yeah. games being so broken Yeah. but then also I feel so bad for the developers because I'm sure there are some problem children out there but especially not getting into like blizzards like oh, uh, god, yeah. sexual oh, god. harassment issues and yeah, yeah. Like we'll, we'll stay far away from yeah. that for right now like even not getting into that like mm-hmm. there are bad apples but so many of them are getting done so dirty by yeah. how like corporate and like commercialized yeah. all of these games have become yeah definitely yeah, definitely there's like a, a difference in passion and quality between a lot of indie games and mm-hmm. like those big company games like riot blizzard etc yeah i really love indie games this yeah. is mm. like one of the just because I like to game because it's it's like reading, right? It's an escapism. Yeah. You oh, get to absolutely, like, yeah. like power fantasy escapism. Exactly, all of that. Yeah. exactly. I'm like, how cool! Like, I could never, you know, climb a building in Paris like Ezio from Assassin's Creed can, but mm-hmm. I can play it. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's really fun. Yeah, book nerds and book nerds and gaming nerds need to get together more often, and, like hang out, because well, I think they have a lot in common. To I be agree. fair, I know a lot of couples, our couple included, that are that exact archetype of book nerd <laughs> and gamer nerd. I feel like there's so much synergy across those two passions yeah. that it just works. Yeah. Okay, Josh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I do want to end off with a a question. So for people who are maybe like getting into gaming, perhaps maybe they're they're really into gaming and maybe they want to start twitchy twitch streaming. Do you call it twitching? No. No streaming. Oh, okay, yeah. Just streaming. Twitch yeah. streaming. Um <laughs> what kind of advice do you have for people for, you know, the beginner gamers and then the people who are already gaming and maybe they want to take it to the next level? I think in either context, whether you're getting into it for the first time in terms of just playing the games or if you're getting into trying to entertain people with how you play the games, the most important thing is enjoying it. It is so tangible to, like, if you're pushing yourself through something, it's very easy to recognize if, for example, learning Overwatch is difficult and you're not having fun because you're kind of bad at it, but you're enjoying it enough to still work through that. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing streaming on any platform Mm -hmm. where it's so important to just make sure that you're enjoying it because the people around you are going to feel that too. So just 
focus on that and the rest will come easy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Remember why you love something. I think that's the really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess also now we want to end with shouting out some some socials. So uh, as a streamer, where, where can people find you? Uh, thank you. If you go to twitch.tv slash Mr. Paperplate, uh, you'll find my channel. Uh, same thing on YouTube. Feel free. I've got a single video up there that I'm very proud of. Uh, <laughs> so feel free to check it out. Uh, I definitely go live much more inconsistently now, but I'll see you there if you're interested. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Conversations, Conversations. with Cordates.